0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Listen and learn how to use real estate to build wealth and passive income streams for you and your family. We bring you experts every day to discuss and answer your questions on everything from single-family homes all the way up to 600-plus-unit apartment complexes. And now, the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. I'm your host, Al Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. But before we can unlock your financial freedom, we have to unlock your emotional freedom, and that's much more difficult than actually going out there and making some money. Making money is easy. Running businesses, opening businesses is easy. The difficult part is you you and the way you see the world your challenge, your problem is how you see the world how you see the world is your problem. Einstein said it best when he said you can't solve the world's problems at the same level of thinking uh, that they were created and your level of thinking uh, is what has kept you where you're at now you can say well my level of thinking is what got me where I'm at I agree with that, that's exactly right it is what got you where you're at but where you're at is not where you want to be or you would not be listening to this radio show. There's no way you would be listening to this if you actually were where you wanted to be financially. I know that to be a fact, you know, just you've got to be wanting something more to put up with all the information and the abuse you psychologically take by listening to a show that keeps telling you you're living a life of quiet desperation. That's got to be painful for most of you out there. But you're listening. You continue to listen because you know it's right. It's true. You're not where you want to be, and you want to be somewhere better. So this weekend, there was sports to abound. I live here in Houston, Texas. And so we had you know three different sports teams, two of which lost, one of which won. And there was a lot to be seen in this. In fact... um, I'm constantly complaining about the sports teams in this city not being any good. But this week, I really found out what the difference between a team being good and a coach being good. And the difference of why, and I've always said for the last 10 years, the reasons that the sports teams lose here is because they have bad coaches. Um, so now they've got a, a couple of coaches that look pretty good. actually. I think uh, two of the three coaches look pretty good, but one of them's got to go because it's definitely a loser. In my mind, this guy just can't make it. So let's talk about being a loser coach and having the wrong game plan, but let's build it under the construct of why playing not to lose doesn't equal playing to win. Let's talk about the Texans. The Texans this week, they just went crazy. Deshaun Watson and his offense. Uh, with Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins, they just burnt the field up. Now, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks also burnt the field up. It was just a shootout game, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Now, for those of you that watched that game and also watched the World Series, that game was a shootout game. Back and forth between the Astros and the Dodgers, 12 innings, 5 hours, 13-12 to 12 win after five hours. Overtime inning after overtime inning after overtime inning. It was just a a thing of beauty for someone who likes baseball. Now I don't like baseball. To me, baseball is very, very boring. I mean, we sit there and we watch baseball in, in one fast-forward or two fast-forwards. You can hit it once or you hit it twice because you can see everything's happening. It just takes a lot less time to get to whatever happens, and you can still tell that anything's happened. If there's anything interesting, you slow it down and go back and watch it. But otherwise, I just can't take all the spitting, the chewing, the kicking, the spitting, the chewing, the kicking, the throwing around the bat and the spinning around the talking and all the stuff they do. My God, what a boring sport. I've never seen anything like it. I like basketball where there's something going on all the time. But baseball is like watching grass grow. I've said that for years. But all fair weather fans come out when there's something to see. And there was something to see in this game. You know, the Astros came back from lost their first game, won the second, lost the third game, won the third. Um, I'm sorry, lost the first one, won the second, lost the third, won the fourth, and now came back and won the fifth. There's something about that. Those are people playing to win. They're not playing to tie, they're not playing to keep from going behind. They're playing to win, to stay ahead. And that's a different kind of psychology. Now let's take a look at the Texans and see what happened because this is this is really unbelievable. For those of you that watch this game, and I'm sure most of you didn't, because who watches the Texans? They're four and three or they're three and four. Um, they've lost their defense. Their two greatest guys on their team are gone. And now they've got this incredible quarterback and two great receivers. And the whole game, these guys are throwing and running and catching this ball and just, they're just burning it down the field. Every time Watson gets the ball, he was given the right to play football to win. And he did. He just drove the ball down their throats every single time. And here we get to the end of the game. I'm screaming for an interception the whole game. Boom, we get an interception. There we are. We're winning with a minute 25 left in the game. We're winning 38 to 34. They can't win with a field goal. They have to have a touchdown. We have a minute 25 seconds to get rid of. It's all we had to do. And we get it down to third and four. Now, third and four. Deshaun Watson, with any kind of a rollout play, with his eyes closed, hands tied behind his back, running backwards, could get four yards. But the coach calls the I-do-not-want-to-lose play, the most conservative play in his playbook, the running back up the center. Boom, tackled for two yards. Game over. Well, it's not really over. At this point, now they have to punt. Now, what I'm saying is they would have let Deshaun Watson get that first down. Easy first down. Hadn't missed one all day in that kind of a situation only like four yards ago. If they would have played to win, then they would have had another four downs. They could have ate up that, that minute clock because you get thirty seconds per down. All you have to do is take a knee and you can run out a minute. Game would have been over. But they and the other team had already got rid of all their uh, all their timeouts. You know they say, well, Dell hindsight's twenty twenty. No, stupidity is twenty twenty. This coach lost because he played not to lose. What happens when you play not to lose? Let's talk about it. Number one, fear creeps in and lowers your performance. As soon as your coach is saying, okay, we're going to go for the non-win solution, we're going to play it safe because in the back of my mind, I know we could lose. What does that do to the team then? It puts it in their mind. Guess what? Coach thinks we could lose this thing. We better play it safe. And when you play it safe, you get two yards in that four. If you were playing to win the game, if you needed that first down to win this game, if you were behind, you would have made that first down. But no, we played safe. And then we choked. So we punt the ball, 50-some-yard punt, incredible punt. We dropped the guys, and what did they do? They come back with 70, 80-yard touchdowns. And win the game. The coach blew it. And said, well, how do you know it's the coach? How do you know it's the coach? Well, let's talk about it for a second. In years past, it was hard to tell if it was a coach because we had terrible players. We had terrible quarterbacks. And so it always looked like the coach was making something out of nothing with these terrible quarterbacks. But now we have an incredible team. I want you to listen to these statistics here for a second. Let them sink in. Deshaun Watson has run for more yards than any quarterback in the NFL. Anybody. He's averaging something like eight yards a carry. He could have run that four yards in nothing. It would have been easy. But did we use his strength? No, we used our weakness. Lamar Miller averages less than four yards per carry. We used our weakness. Deshaun Watson has thrown for more touchdowns than any rookie quarterback ever in the NFL. More touchdowns in the first five games than any rookie quarterback ever. Think of all the great quarterbacks. You can think of all the superstars. And his first five or six games, he's better than all of them. And I guess we're up to game seven now, so it must be the first six games. Because he didn't play in the first game. So in the first six games he plays as a starter, he's thrown more touchdowns than any other quarterback. That's unbelievable. What about his receivers? (sighs) Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, this year has more offensive pass run yardage than any other wide receiver in the league the most yardage and is tied for the most touchdowns tied with who with seven touchdowns is will fuller the other receiver and will fuller holds a dubious record that's so unbelievable i can't even imagine it he's only caught 11 passes and seven of them for touchdowns that is the most unbelievable stat i've ever heard 11 passes caught seven of them for a touchdown my gosh With that kind of offensive power, his running, his passing, and their receiving, they gave it to a really weak running back to run into the center of a very, very weak offensive line. What kind of decision is that? That's a I-don't-want-to-lose decision. I really think we've never been able to win. I've never believed myself to be a winner. Coach, you're not a winner. You're a loser. Because you've never believed you could be a winner. And as long as you continue to believe that you're a loser and you take these incredible players and put them into loser positions, the Texans are never going to get anywhere. You've got the team now, but you don't have the coach. Owners of the Texans, it's time to change coaches. This guy has a loser mentality. Now when we come back, we're going to talk about how does this all equate into your life? How does this actually parallel the problems you have in your financial situation. We'll be right back with the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show.
0: The number one question real estate investors have is, should I buy it? With the best available data on comparable sales and rents in your marketplace, Lifestyles Discovery allows you to quickly and easily estimate capital gains and monthly cash flow. Go to gettingthebestdeals.com to sign up for the free online class, How to Get the Best Investment Properties, and learn to identify the very best deals to add to your portfolio. That's gettingthebestdeals.com. Thirteen
1: seventy. Welcome back to Lifestyles Unlimited, Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Today we're discussing the topic of why playing not to lose is not the same game as playing to win. And I've talked about how the Texans uh, played to lose and lost and how the Astros played to win and won. Completely different approach to the game. The Astros were out there kicking, 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 kicking. And just trying to win. They're just slamming and slamming and slamming. Even though they got behind many times in the game, they just kept going to win. They had no, no belief that they were going to sit back and just take second fiddle. Changing pitcher after pitcher after pitcher. Batter after batter. Getting up there swinging at the first pitch. Just kicking, kicking, kicking. And then you got the Texans after having an incredible game with incredible players. The coach pulls a dummy and calls the worst possible play you could possibly call a play that you had to know was going to fail. <clears throat> that's that's deciding on your own to lose. So let's talk about this. What happens when you play to lose or play not to lose? Number 1, your fear creates low performance. And you know, maybe they could have got 4 yards, but once they told once the coach said, "Guys, I don't trust you enough to win this game. We're not going to use any of our best players, not Deshaun Watson, not the two receivers, to try to win this game with a minute 20 left. They said, we're going to go into defense mode and just shut it down. All the players, including the guy, the running back and the lineman, the offensive line said, you know what? I guess we are losers. And they just let themselves lose. Number two, the world doesn't wait for you. It passes you by. So as you're out there, and we think we're just going to sit on the ball and burn up a you know one minute and 25 seconds or whatever it was. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks had no intention to let that happen. They blew right by us. they came back, and they did the things to win the game while we did nothing to win the game. They were playing to win. We were playing not to lose. The next one is, when we focus on what we don't want to have happen. It ultimately happens. There's been tons of psychological work done that proves you can't think in negative terms. You can't go, I don't want this to happen. I don't want them to make a comeback. I don't want them uh, to get the ball with enough time on the clock to score. I don't want them to do a Hail Mary and win. Because every time you think you don't want them to do it, they're going to do it. That's why prevent defenses just don't work. Once you start throwing people way back there, you let them have everything they want anywhere else. They're just going to tear you up. Because they're playing to win. You're playing not to lose. That's why prevent doesn't work. How can they get a seventy yard touchdown? With a minute and twenty seconds left in the game unless we wanted them to. There's just no way. It's not because Russell Wilson is a super stud and this guy is a super stud. Both teams have super studs. We just didn't use ours. They use theirs. So now how does this apply to you and your financial situation because most of you out there are living a life of quiet desperation, playing not to lose. Instead of getting your money out there and hitting home runs with it, throwing touchdowns with it, you've got your money hiding in a dark crevasse. You've got your money paying off your house, which produces absolutely no income. The dumbest thing any human being on earth could do would be to pay off their house. Whoever made you believe that paying off your house was a smart thing to do, I have no idea, but they are one stupid, sick person. Because that money could be out there making you millions. Instead, it's sitting there as debt equity in your house. You could borrow that money out for 3%, three and a half, four percent 4%, and go make a 100% return with it. But instead, you'd rather pay off and not have to pay 3 or 4%. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's prevent defects is all it is. Secondly, I'm going to put my money in my 401K because they can't take my 401K from me. You can't sue me for my 401K, and at least it's safe there, and my spouse won't spend it. If I put it in my 401K, my spendy, spendy spouse can't get to it. Thank God keep it away from my spouse because my spouse would buy crap. That's why people put money in 401ks, and they'll take it out before I even miss it. I won't even miss losing the money. Wow, that's a sweet way to hide. Stick your head in the sand. Let's just play not to lose. Let's get ourselves another one of those things called an IRA. Maybe even a college fund for Little Billy. Little Billy's dumb as a rock, but we got to have a college fund for him because Little Billy needs to go to college so he can get an engineering degree so he can work like a slave in a cubicle. For the rest of his life just like i have and i want him to be just like me wow how is that any kind of plane to win the game how are you trying to make your family's life any better the answer is you are not you are playing not to lose you are not playing for your family to win when we come back i want to talk about your family winning what does it look like and what does it mean and also What happens when everybody else passes you by because you're not willing to go out there and try to score? What does that mean and what does that look like? We'll be right back with the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investment Radio Show.
0: you know that every dollar you invest in real estate makes you money five ways cash flow money in your pocket each month equity capture the thousands of dollars you create when you have the right team and buy the right property using the right map appreciation appreciation real estate can increase in value over time equity buildup renters pay down your mortgage each month and finally the tax advantage when done correctly real estate investors pay no taxes on our cash flow and capital gains at lifestyles unlimited these are the five ways we make money in real estate which is why real estate accounts for more millionaires in the world today than any other investment vehicle you should have some real estate in your portfolio To learn how to attend a Lifestyles Unlimited free workshop, call 866-971-8970 or go to lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com and register for the next available workshop. That's 866-971-8970 or go to lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com. Talk 1370.
1: back to Lifestyle Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Today we're talking about how playing not to lose isn't the same as playing to win. And um, I'm going to talk about these things. Uh, How many of you out there are listening to this in pain saying, you know, this really isn't fair, this rant. You know, I'm a pretty successful person out there. And, you know, I just haven't had the right opportunities. Um, and, and you look at this situation, you look at these, these teams and you say, well, What what is the right opportunity? Why is it that people always go for the don't win, I got to keep from losing type approach to life? Why is it they make these bad financial decisions and go out and make no money with their money? Just stick it in some account and let it sit there. What's going on there? If you're one of those people right now, you're saying to yourself, okay, I'm a pretty smart guy. And I want you to think about you and your best friend went to college, got your engineering degree. You went out and got married. You got a house. You got kids. You got a car. You got a job. You worked. You saved. And uh, all of a sudden, one day, your friend calls you up and says, hey, man, I got some good news and bad news. And the guy goes, well, really? What's the bad news? He goes, well, the bad news is I'm leaving work. I'm quitting. I'm quitting my job. And he goes, oh my God, no, sorry to hear that. He goes, no, what's the good news? The good news is I'm retiring a millionaire. Two and a half, three, four years after I started investing in real estate, I became a millionaire and now I'm just going to retire. Now, what would you think if that was your friend? I, I want you all to think about that. If you're sitting here right now and you're listening to this radio show, stop for a second and think if you got that call from your buddy right now, or maybe somebody else you knew, a family member or something, say, you know, it's over, I'm done. And maybe the guy's 40, maybe he's 45, maybe he's 50. You know, maybe he's 30. He's already done. That'd even make you more upset. But I'm done. I'm retired. I'm a millionaire. And by the way, I'm going to make more money every year for the rest of my life because my assets are going to continue to grow and I'm going to continue to make more money. And then you start thinking about it. How miserable would it be to be you right now? Think about that. And then you start thinking, well, am I the best at what I do? No. Are you the best player in all of NFL? No. Are you the best engineer all the world? No. Are you the best father in the whole world? Probably not. You know, what is it you've ever done that was successful? My dad ruined my life when he told me, Dell we're 80 percenters. I says, what does that mean, Dad? He goes, anything that we go out and try to do, we can beat 80 percent of the people out. We can just do almost everything well. I said, but Dad, you only get paid to be the number one. Two is not a winner, and three no one remembers. Only number one gets paid. And he didn't get that. He thought that being better than average made him better than average. But it doesn't make you better than average. It just makes you average, average, average. It just makes you part of the middle of the pack that no one cares about. No one cares who came in 43rd in the Boston Marathon. No one cares who came in 4th even in the Boston Marathon. It means nothing to be an also-ran. So let's say you are a superstar. Let's say you're really a sharp person. Who on your team is calling these I don't want to win plays? Who is it that is trying to avoid failure? Who is it that's in your family saying you've got to pay off the house? Which one of you in your spouse? Is it your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, your mother and father? Is it Husband, wife, who is it that's dumb as a rock that believes that paying off the house is a good financial move? Who is it that's dumb as a rock that believes that hiding money from your family by sticking it in a 401k where it earns you nothing and pays you nothing every month, as opposed to a rent house which pays you income every single month that's tax-free? On 401k that sometime when you take it out, you're going to have to pay taxes, and maybe even taxes and penalty, but at least taxes, uh, compared to income from a rent house that doesn't have to pay taxes. Who is it that said that, you know, you can go in the stock market and risk every single day losing 20, 30, 40 percent of everything you own and be able to sleep at night knowing that that risk is out there? Which person in your family is the coach that are calling these stupid plays? Maybe it's time to get a new coach in your family. Maybe you need to fire that coach, make somebody else the coach. See, you just got to look at it the reality. If you're sitting there right now and you're mad at me and you're disgusted, then I know one thing to be true. What I'm saying is true about you. If it's irritating you, it's true. Otherwise, it wouldn't irritate you. You'd just be laughing. at good boy, Del's going off on another rant. And boy, I know his rants make sense. Because until I started doing what he said, I was where you are. And now I'm sitting here laughing at you because I'm not where you are anymore. Because Why? because I listened and did something about it. I started playing to win and not to not lose. Take a short break. Be right back with Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show.
0: What would happen if you didn't show up for work tomorrow, for the next couple of days, for a week, a couple of months, a year? How long until you lose everything you've worked for in a fraction of the time it took to earn it? If this fear keeps you up at night, it's time to learn the strategies we teach at Lifestyles Unlimited. Start with the free workshop. Go to LifestylesUnlimitedAustin.com and find your true financial peace like so many of our members already have. That's LifestylesUnlimitedAustin.com. The largest multifamily bus tour in the country is coming to San Antonio. Friday, June 1st and Saturday the 2nd. Join Dell Walmsley, national radio host, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited and his top team of investors, realtors and expert wealth educators. Ride your way to triple digit returns. Go to multifamilymasterstour.com. Gain one-on-one access to industry experts, realtors, lenders, property and asset managers, apartment owners, national real estate syndicators and trade professionals. Get the only bus ticket worth millions at multifamilymasterstour.com talk 1370
1: welcome back to last hours unlimited real estate investor radio show today we're talking about why playing not to lose is not the same as playing to win and we've talked about the three reasons why playing not to lose will end up creating failure one is fear always creates low performance. If you're afraid of doing something, you're going to do it poorly. And when you're playing to not lose, you're going to make poor decisions and take poor actions. Number two, the world doesn't wait for you. And as you sit there and wait for your finances to get better than they are, which doesn't really happen unless you're out there scoring points, all of your friends and, well, not all of your friends, but the ones that come and do something about it are going to go flying right by you and leave you in the dust. The world's going to leave you in the dust and pretty soon you're going to be a poor lazy, no, not lazy, that's right, let's use the correct word, you're going to be poor, ineffectual, sad, older person. Because when you were full of energy, you didn't have them playing to win mentality. And so the world passed you by. Now all your friends are rich, and successful, and retired. Uh, or maybe you just changed your friends. The ones that actually became rich, successful, have moved on. They're not your friends anymore. You're hanging out with those people you know, that are in the same bucket you're in. That makes you feel pretty good because you might even jump over them an inch and they can pull you back down and jump over you an inch. But you're still living that life of quiet desperation, getting up every day, going through traffic, working your head, and back off, and then Driving back through that traffic again just to get home tired, worn out, getting nowhere, nowhere near the success you'd like to have. But you can't get out of that place. Somebody's calling those plays in your life. And that's what I'm trying to get to you. Who's calling those plays? Here it is. Best running back quarterback in the league, Deshaun Watson. Most touchdowns by any Rookie quarterback ever, Deshaun Watson. Most passing rushing yards in the NFL this year, DeAndre Hopkins. Number one number of touchdowns caught this year, tied for number two, DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. And Will Fuller, 11 catches, 7 touchdowns. These are the three guys you could have gone to. Coach O'Brien, you could have gone to these three guys to win this game for you. And what did you do? You went to a less than four yards a carry guy running directly in to one of the worst offensive lines in the National Football League. You chose your worst option. You played not to lose Bill O'Brien, and so you lost. Whereas you look at the Astros, they're swinging hard, swinging fast. Throwing one pitcher after another in there, never giving up, saying, I don't even care if you're our number one pitcher. Get out of here. Give us another guy and give us another guy and give us another guy. Twelve innings later, whew, they won. That is playing to win. Now, we can go over there to the Rockets and talk about the Rockets and they keep, they've keep lost two games so part of the same team. These guys got their number. Why do people have your number? Because they know your psychological weakness you can't beat somebody you think that you can't beat and they've got our number they've got the rockets number and they just beat us two times out of two times this year the only team to beat us but they beat us twice do you think they're actually the best basketball team i don't think so but man we're playing them not to lose instead of playing them to win Again, we're playing them not to lose instead of playing them to win. When you look at the situation, what are you doing with your money? Are you out there swinging with it like the Astros? Are you out there hitting home runs? And, you know, they don't even all have to be home runs. Many of you have fallen into this problematic situation right now where you say, well, you know, I heard the real estate's not as productive as it was if you would have bought in 2008 where you could buy 10 cents on the dollar. Yeah, I know what you want. Something for nothing, instantaneous, gratificationally, diseased massive income. Well, guess what? In 2008, we got it. But that doesn't mean we're out of the real estate business. That just happened to be a year that, that because we're in the real estate business, we could see the opportunities we took advantage of them. But we're still in the real estate business. Curtis Haynes just bought another property at 7,600 years. I don't even know how many he has now because I don't know how many units are in this new one he bought. Probably going to be over 8,000 units. And I'm sitting here going like, is the guy ever going to stop? He's, he's not going, wow, the economy's not as good as it was. The profit margin is not as well as it was. He's just saying, give me more. If I have to buy two to get the profit I had out of one, I'll buy two. If I need six, I'll get six. But I will get the profit I need. I will win, even if I have to do it by hits, doubles, and triples instead of home runs. The rest of you are sitting back there on your couch waiting for that one time. You're going to get up once in your life and hit a grand slam. Isn't going to happen. Because you're not even swinging the bat. We'll be right back for the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Top
0: 1370.
1: Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Today we're talking about why playing not to lose doesn't equal playing to win. And I'm going to do this last segment, share with you uh, the naysayers' belief system that um, the investment world has come to a halt. Um, Look, guys, look out your window. There's thousands and thousands, if not tens of thousands of businesses that are going along just fine. Apartment complexes everywhere you look. Turnaround circles everywhere. And you realize that these businesses are not suffering. They're they're moving right along. And the people that own them are making money with them. You, on the other hand, don't own a business, and you're not making money. Your money's sitting somewhere in an account not making any money. But you're afraid to take your money out of the account because you're playing not to lose because you've heard that there's not as good of deals as there used to be. Well, when I started buying single-family houses, I was paying $25,000 a house. When it got up to $40,000 a house, because the market just kept going up, I thought, oh my gosh, the world is over. I can never buy another single-family house again. And now the median price is $235,000 a house. Boy, was I stupid at the time to believe that. But at the time, I was just like you. I was playing not to lose. And so I stopped buying houses for a long time, because... I thought there's no way they could stay up that high. And the higher they went, the more I thought they had to come crashing back down again. Boy, what a mistake. So let me read some stuff to you here. This is out of a, let's see here, what's the name of this company here? ALN Apartment Data, one of the national apartment data services. And this is their third quarter multifamily occupancy and rent review. He says nationally, the multifamily market performed well in the third quarter of 2017 with average occupancy For conventional properties rising four tenths of 1% to 92.2%. Now think about this. 92.2% is a good occupancy. You are successful all the way down to 85% occupancy unless you paid way too much for the property. And 92.2% people are making money. They're making a profit. And so, yeah, would we rather be 95 or 97? Sure. But 92.2 on average is not bad. It goes on and says effective rents are up seven tenths of a percent over the last three months, um, up to a dollar 39 per square foot and $1,246 per unit, compared to the year-end quarter Q3 2016. Effective rents are up a healthy six percent, though some markets are seeing a slowdown in rent growth. There is a look at, if you look at the different regions and see how fair. So what's happened now is that. The country as a whole is doing well. Rents are going up. Now the rate of rent increase has slowed down, but that doesn't mean rent increases have stopped going up. It doesn't mean they're going down. Occupancy is still going up. It doesn't mean it's as full as it was at one time when we had no supply, but we were undersupplied. I mean, there was no place for people to go. Rents were growing way too fast. People couldn't even afford to live. They were starting to move in two and three families together because they couldn't afford to rent an apartment complex. There needs to be enough housing for people out there, and they're not building single-family houses that people can afford. So there needs to be new building, new construction, and that new construction has to be absorbed. And so that's going to bring that down from 97% to 92 or 93%. But there's nothing wrong with that. That's the cycle of the business. That's the way it works. But that doesn't mean that it's killing out these people that own these properties before these new ones are built. It's not putting them out of business. No, it's just making it more difficult for the people to build the new ones to fill them back up. And so you're just all wrong. Now, let's talk about some of this prejudice. I don't want to go in the whole country because it's just a waste of time to go through that much information. But let's talk about prejudice. People tell them, well, you know, there's those cities like Houston are just dying. They're just going out of business. Are they? Are they really, Mr. Naysayer? Here are the top 10 tier markets with third quarter increases. Third quarter increases, right? This is the top 10. Number one, Nashville, Tennessee. 2.6%. That's the highest one in the country. 2.6% growth in the third quarter. Really good. That equals over 10% on an annualized basis. Number two, are you ready? Drum roll. Houston, Texas, with a 2.5% third quarter growth. Do you realize that means that's a 10% annualized growth? Do you realize that it's second best in the country and people are saying we're dying here? Are you out of your mind? Where do you people get your information from? Cracker Jack box? Next Las Vegas, 2.4. Sacramento, California, where we bought an apartment this year, 1.9. Tampa, Florida, where we just came back from, 1.6. Minneapolis, St. Paul, 1.5. Phoenix, which we just got back from, 1.5. Atlanta, Georgia, which I'm going to this weekend, 1.4. And Los Angeles, 1.4. There they are, the top 10. And think about it this way, folks. And you thought we were dying. Those are some pretty good rent growths. And you thought we were dying. So, my friends, you need to stop playing to lose. You need to get up off that couch, and you need to start investing. Swing at the ball and start getting some hits, even if they're not home runs. And remember, we're not doing this just to have a little more money. We're doing this for complete lifestyles change. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow.